Today on The Breakdown, this is not a repeat of last week's hand, but there are seven left at the main event final table, World Series of Poker 2021. But this time, we're going to have different folks in action. It's going to be... It's going to be a hand that may be talked about for years. It will go down in the annals of poker history, perhaps. Some history. Some annals. Annals? Some annals. <laughs> There's a lot of jokes I could make right now, and I'm choosing not to. But here's what did happen with seven left and millions and millions and millions of dollars still to be won. Corey Aldemir came in as the chip leader. The only guy at the final table with a really impressive resume, with a big hand in mob, is up against... Papa the Rapper, LaCoco. <laughs> and LaCoco is second in chips to start this hand. He's got 67 blinds. There's a nine-blind stack sitting there. And somehow, someway, these guys are going to get involved in a monstrous, insanely big pot that will send one of these guys to a crying, crying shower at some point later on this evening. I'll tell you that. It's a cold shower. There's no soap. And we're going to get into it right now in The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. I would say many, many of you already know what this hand is. Yeah. And it is, uh, I think, one of the two most shocking hands at the main event final table. One of the two most shocking hands in main event recent history. This hand and the final hand of this final table. Sure. I, yeah. can't, I can't think of other hands that were so shocking. I think the, the thing that comes to mind is Quiwin back shoving pocket fours for 82 blinds. That was shocking. Um, it was a different like, kind of shock. Yeah. It was just like shockingly bad. But it was different also. Yeah. Like, you know, they're three-handed. It's all just pre-flop stuff. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so obviously we've already done the final hand. That was a shocking way for Holmes to, to lose, to go second. Mm-hmm. Um we did the ace-10 versus ace-10 hand, which I, I don't think is as shocking, but also is an odd hand. Yes, but this is, this is pretty crazy. This hand made waves. I will say this. You have said today, as we've been sort of writing up the information on this hand so we can do this, multiple times you've said, this just never happens in, in the main event, yeah. final table. This, you never, ever see anyone do this, ever. You don't. No, you don't. And so we're, I'm sure we're going to get into why we don't, and we're also going to get into... Is, are those reasons good or bad and all, and all the rest? But I'm looking forward to it. And I hope you'll join us too, fair listener. Yeah, and this was suggested by uh, five, five people that I found. Okay. Phineas Dickman. I mean, greatest name ever. Yeah, that's on Discord. Young 177 also on Discord. Magnet Carta. Casper Quack. Derek B23. Derek B23 having a nice little run. It's really Casper, not Casper Quack, right? We don't know. No, this sure. is Casper Quack suggested on Twitter. Oh, so it's actually Casper the Great. Casper the Great. I like that. Not, not Casper the Friendly Ghost, no more. Not friendly. Not, and not a ghost. He ghosts you. He'll he, make you a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> he will kill you. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. So we got, uh, we got the old Corey Aldemir, the most accomplished player to make the main event final table ever. Uh, you know, we've, you and I, I think, discussed this yesterday a little bit amongst ourselves, but like Martin Jacobson is at least in the conversation. Yeah. He had a smaller hand in for sure, but Aldemir's been playing bigger buy-in stuff, I guess which Joe is more Canada available. the second time around. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I mean, Dan Harrington the second time around is at least a conversation. Yeah, Doyle Brunson the second time around. If you try to account for third time around. the inflation of buy-ins and stuff over the Maybe. years, which is... Stewie, Stewie Younger the third time around or second time around. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's some of that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, okay. How about in the modern era? Yes. Because since the moneymaker thing Because it's a lot easier to make the final table when there's 70 players. Yes, you it know? is. Yes, it is. No, since moneymaker, I think this is... I guess you could still argue for Joe Catter and Dan Harrington, but I think Aldemir is probably the best player um, to make the final table, at least with a chip lead. Like Maybe McKeon is in that conversation. He's pretty good. I mean, Phil. Oh, with the chip lead. Yeah. Oh, that that that's fair. He's probably right there with them. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like this is impressive. But like coming into the final table, like McKeon, we didn't know who McKeon was. Right. right? That's that's the difference. But now looking back, um, but certainly the guy with the most impressive resume coming in with the chip lead in the moneymaker area. Yeah. By a lot, I think. Right. Has there ever been anyone where like, oh my god, this guy's got the chip lead going wonder, to the final table? I wonder if he was the biggest Vegas favorite of any of the moneymaker era final table. Sh- probably should have been. He had a huge chip lead and by far the best resume. And and it, here's the thing: if you look at these guys, hand and mobs, which you know, I am sometimes the kind of guy who will do that. Grant. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I don't mind admitting it. It's part of your job. I look up the hand and mobs sometimes, Grant. You know. So the crazy thing is, there's nine guys who made the final table. Only one guy, and his name is Corey Aldemir, had more than a million dollars in winnings going into this final table on their hand in. That's career live winnings. You'll you like never see that. Chase Bianchi was the second most accomplished, yes. and he was very short heading into the final table and busted early. But at least he had eight hundred k. Most of these guys had more like you know two thousand dollars, thirty thousand dollars, a hundred. Most of, I don't know if anyone even had two hundred thousand right. besides Chase Bianchi. I mean it's. These are guys who are not used to anything like this kind of live table tournament spotlight. Like, nothing close to this has ever happened for these guys. What a massive edge for Aldemir. I mean, he's got more money than them, except maybe George Holmes. Most, yeah. maybe, maybe we're wrong. Maybe some of his other guys are rich, but probably not. He's got more experience than them, and he's got all the chips. I mean, what a spot. Yeah. Anyway, all this may play into this hand, too. It, it may. It may. Grant? It might. Let's find out. Let's, uh, we're going to get this hand all solved up by Wesley Cannon. Oh, yeah. He's going to solve it up real nice. And then at the end of this episode, we're going to take a look at that and report back what he found because we're not going to look at that before. We're not going to taint our findings. Wow. You just use taint like it's, uh, like it's normal for you we're to say We're not going to gooch our findings, there you go. Jonathan. That's more like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the last hand we did from this tournament was seven-handed with Suchemish against, against Remedio with ace-10 against ace-10. Um, so Chemish is still in the tournament because it's only like 12 hands later or something. Yeah. And he's short, but he's still in the tournament. So there's still seven remaining. Still the next money jump is like only 150K versus, you know, the massive money to come. Uh, so a lot of wide open play left in this tournament. I mean, based on looking at his stack, I think the blinds just went through Suchemish twice. He hasn't won a hand and he's down to nine blinds. Yeah. Um, by the way, to give you a little more specificity, uh, LaRocco? LaCoco. LaCoco had $118,000 worth of Hendon Mob earnings coming into this final table. Okay. Like, that's just amazing. Yeah. Anyway. Well, here he is, the Lococo. Yeah. He's got $67 million and $1 million big blind. He's the second in chips. Holmes is third with, like, $63 million, something and, like that. And Aldemir's got, like, 130, 130 million. 140, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, Lococo's got two tens in the cutoff. Sure. Ten of spades, ten of clubs. He's going to open to two million. Cool. Very cool. Aldemir is in the hijack. No cutoff. Uh, why did I say they're both in the cutoff? That's a lie. I don't know. I just wasn't listening. Because why would I listen? Well, to I actually wrote that they were both in the cutoff, and neither of those, one of those things is true, and the other one is not. Well, Aldemir's directly behind Lococo, right? No, there's a player in between. Is there? Yeah, Lococo is in the low jack, and Aldemir is in the cutoff. Okay. Yeah. So Lococo opens from the low jack <coughs> to 2 million. Yep. Aldemir, with his massive chips, is in the cutoff 
And he three bets with two nines, nine of hearts, nine of diamonds to 5.6 million. So Chemish was not under the gun. Is that correct? Because that does matter a tiny bit here. So Chemish was in the small blind. Okay. So he's yet to act after Aldemir three bets. Okay. That means Aldemir's range is stronger, is what you're saying, because Sechemish... I'm, I'm saying the opposite. You're saying it's weaker. Weaker. Because? Because was Sechemish still... Oh, it doesn't matter, actually. It doesn't matter if Sechemish is in the hand or not. I'm sorry. Um, I, I, do, I don't think it matters. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Never mind. Never mind. My initial I thought was that Aldemir was stronger because he would have to call off if Sechemish... Shoved, which was like a possibility. Yeah, but who cares? Yeah. It's not that much for him. Not for Corey. I mean, you make it five blinds, you just call three, four more blinds, and you're, who cares? You're getting a great price, right? Yeah. So true. I don't think you worry about that. Fair enough. But it doesn't matter if the Chemish is in the hand or not. I will say that. So. What do you think about the three bet with nines? Um, I like it. I think specifically because we have a nine blind stack, uh, we should be pushing these guys around with any real hand if we're Corey Aldemir. And by real, I mean we can get pretty wide with what real means. Our definition of real can really expand here. Yeah. I think suited aces, um, Broadway, any two Broadway cards, we can be three-betting pretty comfortably here. Pretty much all pocket pairs we can three-bet, maybe all aces if we want. This is a great time to be picking on medium to large stacks. This is just an amazing time to do it. So nines is like, oh, my God, I have a real hand. Like, it seems like it's an obvious, an obvious race. Do you disagree? No, I think it's probably a good race. I like it. I mean, of course, you will kind of vomit if you get four bet. Yes. If you get four bet big, I guess you have to fold. Um, but you kind of think, like, this guy can't really ever be bluffing. There's a dude with nine blinds here. How could he bluff? That'd be insane. Yeah. So you can just, like, be like, I guess I'm, lo- I'm, chop- I'm, sorry, I'm flipping with ace-king, and I'm losing everything else. Who cares? Like, easy fold. Yeah. Unless it's cheap, and then we can call. Whatever. Anyway, here we are. Yeah. Folds back to... To Lococo, and there's just one option, right? I mean, he's got too many blinds to, to lose his mind. It'd be weird to turn tens into a bluff here. Uh, it seems like we just have to call. Yeah, I mean, we have. I watched this, and there was no evidence of Aldemir really trying to wield his stack to push people around. Now, it's possible that he will do that more with a very small stack and yeah. some Chemish there, but there's no evidence of that yet in the 12 hands either. I, I think that matters. Yeah. Like, Aldemir could have been three-betting. He could have three-bet three times in the last 12 hands and hasn't. Right. And if that he matters. had done that, maybe, maybe you can four-bet tens and just, like, really hope that Aldemir's not willing to take it to the next level and five-bet shove because you're probably folding. Right. Yeah. Uh, but the standard thing is to just call. Absolutely. Lococo going to call. I mean, you want to play a smallish pot if you can with 10s, unless we actually flop a 10, right? Yeah. Lococo does call. Okay. Good for him. He's a rapper. He is a rapper. Papa the rapper. Is it, what is it, Papa MC? Is that what he goes by? I don't remember. I don't know. There was a, like a PlayStation video game called like Papa the rapper or something like that, which was popular back in the day. It was? Yeah. Never heard of it. Yeah, you did. Ever heard of Crash Bandicoot? Yeah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just wondering. <laughs> I like how you pronounce that. Yeah, thanks. Crash Bendigoot. I'm, I, I care about enunciation. <laughs> you sound like someone who's never heard that pronounced in his life, and you're just reading English for the first time, the way you said that. Crash Bendigoot. Or, or you're just a super rich kid. Mm, Crash Bendigoot. Mm. Bring me some crackers. <laughs> I have a friend who is a super rich kid. He's no longer a kid. But um, I went to school with him. It's super blue blood. And like, if we go out to breakfast, you know, I was like, do they have crepes? I sure love me some... I love crepes! And was not being ironic. He just pronounced crepes. Crepes. I've never heard anyone before or since do that. I'm like, blue blood. Aristocrat. <laughs> <laughs> mm, crepes. Yeah, it was like that. He's a super nice guy, of course. 
Of course, because all, all the blue bloods are super nice he guys. Was. He he is. He's a nice guy. Okay. Just leave him alone. Yeah, he's, he's got a good heart. He, to, he, he has the worst position in America right now. Anyway, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> wow. Um, so we've got the call. Okay, yeah, we have to call with two tens. That's, that's just that. Like, come on. And you have, to, you have to call a therapist if you don't sign up for nitrogen using the link in the description. I mean, come on. What? You've done that too many times. You've got to call every, yourself a doctor. It works every time. <laughs> <laughs> it's great every time. <laughs> At least you change it to therapist. Yeah. Because I, what I would be saying is like you would maybe need some counseling mm-hmm. because clearly you're not making the right decisions in life. Maybe wow. therapist is wrong. Life coach. I don't know. Somebody who can help you help yourself. You know, somebody who can get you to be the best version of Jennifer that you can be. I think it's a sports agent like Jerry Maguire. Okay, Jerry Maguire. You got to call Jerry Maguire. He's going to answer you with his his prehistoric headphone thing that is now like, you know, way Mm -hmm. way antiquated. But he's going to still have it because he never really graduated from 1997. And and you're going to talk to him and he's going to be like, you know what? You did fuck up. You did by not using the link. But you had me at hello. So... In that case, I guess it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you don't call a sports agent when you have to deal with some issues, you know? Jerry treats Renee Zellweger so badly in that movie, and Does yet he? she just takes him back. I haven't seen that movie. Oh, it's, like, fine. I just know the lines. I mean, there's, there's two different times when he gets into this big repetitious thing with, like, show me the money, where they yeah. yell that back and forth to each other, and then he also says, help me help you. He says it, like, ten times in a row, very Tom Cruise-y. A very Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is the type of guy who can pull that off. No, he does. He totally pulls it off. That movie overrated, but still a good watch. But like the tenth best Tom Cruise movie or something. Well, something like that. I don't yeah. know. The seventh best Tom Cruise movie. I wouldn't go as low as ten. That's like a little harsh. There's like probably four Mission Impossible's that are better, right? There probably are. There's um, Oblivion and Edge of Tomorrow. Clearly, both better. I mean, don't even don't put those fingers next to each other. It's not fair to Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow is clearly like miles ahead of Oblivion. I'm just saying, like I'm, we're picking things that are clearly better yeah, than yeah, this yeah. movie. Those Fine. are two other movies. Rain Man? I mean, I guess. I haven't seen it in a long time. I'm sure it probably is. Uh, the Firm is probably better. I wouldn't know. I mean, I haven't seen that movie and don't care to. I mean, honestly, Night and Day with Cameron Diaz? No one ever talks about that movie. It's pretty fun. <laughs> pretty fun. Cocktail. <laughs> I, you know... There are a lot of Tom Cruise movies out there, man. Does Tropic Thunder count? No. No, I don't think it does. I'm sorry. So maybe this is the 10th best. But it's still all right, you know? Come on. Anyway, so Nitrogen Sports. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Use the link. Tom Cruise would like <laughs> you to use the link in the description. Uh, that, that gives you access to the Poker Guys specials on Nitrogen Sports, which monthly manifests as our monthly tournament, which always has an overlay. 40% of the prize pool or more contributed by Nitrogen. Yeah. It's not like it's a small prize pool either. It's a damn fine deal. Also, if that Bitcoin keeps going up, so is your bank account, baby. And don't think about it. If it goes down, don't yeah. worry about that part. It only goes up. That's the rule. <laughs> up only, baby. That's the governmental mandate. Uh, yeah. Yeah, anyway, use the link, get access to cool stuff. They have sports betting, they have casino games. If you win something or you want to get your Bitcoin back, you get it out real quick, 90 minutes or less. They don't mess around with your money. That's right. Nitrogen sports. Smell the rainbow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah? Yeah, yeah, no, great. Smell the rainbow. Skittles. It's like Skittles except with smell. But isn't that, oh, they say taste the rainbow. Yeah. Right. All right, let's debate candies for a second. Okay, great. Skittles or Starburst? I'm going to go Skittles. Oh, absolutely Starburst. Wrong. Really? Yeah. Too chewy. 
I like chewy. the chewiness. Also, Skittles too sugary. Both pretty sugary. Both Starburst pretty, pretty sugary. sugary. Yeah, but it, it doesn't really feel as sugary as Skittles. Skittles feel like you're just eating a little S- chunk of sugar. Skittles also has that shell that really helps. The shell helps. The Starburst. The shell is where the cancer is from. That's, that's where you- that the cancer tastes amazing. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I'm glad that you think that. Yeah. Anything else, or is that was that it? Was it just? I don't feel very passionate about Skittles versus Starburst. By the way, I, I just I just slightly prefer Starburst. I mean that's. That is crazy talk. And this is one of the few times when clearly everyone else is going to agree with me. There's no way... Wow, you think the so? World, yeah. There's I, don't, no I don't feel as passionately about, the, uh, about this one as other takes that you've had where I'm like, you were clearly going to get shit on for this take. <laughs> I could see Skittles winning. I don't, well, think, I, I don't think it's going to be like an obvious win. I, I don't think it's going to be close. I actually don't. I think Skittles is going to win in a fucking walk. Well, like, I, did, I, I, do fucking feel, I do walk. feel strongly that that is not the case. I feel strongly that there will be debate on the issue. Well, there's always debate. There's always some insane dude who drinks his own piss. He's like, <laughs> I love Starburst! But, you know, like, besides that, yeah. you know, it's going to be a Skittles, you know, boat race. Okay. What other candy takes you got? Let's, let's throw them out there. <laughs> really? Okay, here's one. Chunky? Chunky. Chunky. What's chunky? <laughs> <laughs> chunky is milk chocolate. Uh-huh. With peanuts and raisins inside the milk chocolate, and it's like in cubes. It's like thicker and bigger in cubes, and uh, bigger than what? Bigger than like a chocolate bar, like a Hershey's chocolate okay. bar. It's like thicker, and you know, like it's still in sections, but it's like a much thicker version. So it's like a big three D little it's chunky. It's chunky. Um, pretty darn good. Okay. I've never talked about chunky, but they should. I've never even seen chunky. Well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna remedy that for you at some point. In the future, maybe. All right. One more question about, about candy Great. before we move on. Where do Fig Newtons fit in your life as far as your, your ranking of them and your expectations from them? Okay. I generally... One of the things I like about Fig Newtons is... And this is not that I ever go to fast food, but if you go to McDonald's anywhere in the world and you order a Big Mac, you're getting the same thing and you're getting the same experience, right? Yeah. That's part of the deal. That is true with a Fig Newton. A Fig Newton is consistent as hell. I mean, so is an Oreo, right? Yeah, well, Oreos are the best cookie in the world. Of course they are. Fig Newtons are consistent as hell and are always... I think the name hurts it a little bit because, like, who wants to eat a fig cookie? But yet, when you actually eat the fig cookie, it's, it's pretty good. always good. Yeah. It's always good. And in fact, you know, they have strawberry Newtons, they have blueberry Newtons. All the Newton family brings it. Mm. But I don't know if they still even... I don't know if... The Fig Newtons still exist, but I feel like, you know, only old people probably buy those. Like, who's... Who, what kids are eating Fig Newtons right now when you can eat, you know, Transformers chocolate cereal cookies? <laughs> I love Transformers chocolate cereal cookies. <laughs> you see what I'm saying, though? I do see what you're saying. Yeah. All right, let's get back to the hand. Okay, great. That was worthwhile. I'm glad we took the moment. All right, 13.7 million in the pot. Okay. Coco, as the opener, has two black tens. Aldemir has two red nines. That's convenient. So I, can, I don't have to say suits now. It's pretty mm-hmm. great. 13.7 million again, I said. Jack of clubs, Jack of hearts. A nine of clubs on the flop. Yeah. So, you know, that's pretty good for Aldemir in, in that he makes a full house in the third nuts. It's pretty sweet. Amazing flop. Yeah. Lukoko can do nothing but check, right? It'd be really weird to bet here. He does that. Aldemir can do nothing but bet, right? It'd be really strange to check here. How do you size it if you're Aldemir? Do you go by board texture and you're just like, well, there's two clubs, so maybe I could size it up a little bit. I, I want to be able to size it up with my nines full. It'd be great to size it up a little bit. Or do you have to go with the paired board thing and be like, ah, I size down on these boards? I think we're supposed to size down on these boards. Um, I think everyone gets to see our hand in 30 minutes. And these guys may not be good enough to be able to put any of it into perspective. I'm just looking at their hand to say that. But, like, you know, it isn't like you're up against 
like Aldemir's used to playing like Jason Kuhn and stuff like yeah. that, where this stuff matters a lot more. Um, but you also want to get called by two tens right now. You know, you want to get called by two sevens or whatever. I right? mean, two tens is not going to fold for nine million. Okay, but two sevens might. Yeah, but a smaller bet they're going to call. Yeah, we have nothing to be afraid of. There's no card in the world we're scared of on the turn, right? The I mean, counter, I guess a, a jack is an ideal, but whatever. The exploitative counter to that, yes, is that this is the type of board where we can get it all from the second biggest deck. Yeah, but we can get it all even if we go small. You think? I mean, okay, there's 13.7 million in there. Yeah. What would be a small bet? What's small sizing? The sizing Aldemir chooses, 3.9 million. Right. Okay. So 3.9, that is definitely small. We get a call there. We, we fully yeah. would expect to get a call. But whether we know that or not, if he calls, that means you got 21.5 million in the pot, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, on the turn, obviously, there's going to be a wide variety of turn cards. We may size it differently. But in general, we're going to start to size up the turn, right? Yeah. That's what, that's what people do. Um, I would expect us to do it. We're probably at this point, if we're Aldemir, we already got called in the flop. Now we're targeting good hands, not just like okay hands, right? So we're like, if we want to try and get it all, we can size up here pretty easily. We can go two thirds of the pot or mm-hmm. something like that pretty easily. So if there's 21.5 million in there, we could bet 13 million or something like that, right? If he calls that, now it would really depend on the turn card for yeah. whether he can call with two tens here. But if he calls that, that's another 26 million in there. Now there's 47 and a half million in the pot. And how much is he going to... Um, he's going to have less than that left in his stack anyway. We can go small here. I guess. I mean, this is all under the assumption that pot size bets get called on the river, which doesn't happen that often. I agree. But no, how are we going to size it to get it all in if he's not going to have the ability to call a pot size bet on the river anyway? Okay. Let's say we bet $8 million on the flop. Okay. That changes things a lot. I mean, yeah, it does. But, like, what do you think is going to happen on the turn? Like, if we bet big again, if he calls a bet that size, he's going to be fold, we're folding out a lot more of the marginal stuff. Maybe. The stuff that's getting, I think the stuff that's getting to all in is getting to all in either way. I don't know if it matters. It's mostly about the jacks, right? We did, we, that was only implicit, but it, let's make it explicit. Okay. Like, mostly we're, it, as Aldemir, our ultimate goal here is to get a full, all of the chips out of a jack. Yes. We have to make sure we get all the jack chips. Yeah. That's for sure. So I think we can do it either way. By betting small here, we get to keep some other hands maybe in that we might lose quicker. Yeah. Otherwise. Maybe you're, I mean, I don't know. If we bet $8 million, $8 million's a big bet. Um, I think something like tens has to call us. Um, by betting $3.9 million, one of the cool things is we can get called by, like, I mean, ace-queen might call us if it's got, you know, some backdoor action going on here. Maybe. Right? Um, which you can't call for, for you know, $8 million. And we want ace-queen in there. We want ace-queen to spike something on the turn, of yeah, course. Yeah, and I agree that typically from a balanced perspective, a smaller bet is better on this board. Yeah, king-queen is another kind of thing. We don't want to blow. I mean, king-queen, I guess, just can't fold. No. Maybe it doesn't matter. Um, but the ace-queens of the world. Here's a, here's a quick thought experiment question. Cool. If we bet and get called here, are we going three barrels, including the big, big barrel on the river, if any overcard to the nine comes? Or are we slowing down at some point or betting smaller? Um, I don't think we would slow down just because an overcard to the nine comes. Yes, of course, sometimes we're gonna, the guy's going to hit a miracle. Like in this case, if he were to hit a 10... We would be screwed, but I think it's absurd to not get it in with nines full here. Um, what if, okay, yeah. specifically when king, queen, when king queen is just sitting there, you know? Specifically if a king or an ace comes. Yeah. Are we, like, I'm worried about king jack and ace jack. I don't know if that was made explicit. Oh, I see. No, yeah. I wasn't getting that. Right. Um, that's an interesting question. Well, we're in position, right? So 
So how can like how can we get okay, value so, if an ace comes, for example? Right. How can we get value from a weaker hand at that? On point? the river, yeah. it's mostly on the river, right? Because on the flop, if we bet small enough, ace queen can call, and then yeah. we can keep betting if an ace comes. But if we go bet bet, we bet big on the turn, and then the river's an ace. It could be a little sketch. We probably have to go for value because there's more combos of king jack, for example. Yeah. There's queen jack suited, but we should probably bet not all in. We should probably bet small to try and get called by those hands. Yeah. Um, and also, I don't know. I mean, are we really going to give ourselves... Are we actually going to take the estate, escape hatch if he check raises? All in? Are we actually going to fold? How could we ever be winning? People overvalue their hands. This guy is, has like 100,000 career earnings. I mean... Yeah, but he's not remedial with 1,800 in career earnings who clearly overvalued yeah. ace 10 in the last hand. That is true. Did. That is true. I mean, um, I don't think the default should be to expect somebody to check shove queen jack when we three bet and go bet, bet, bet when an ace comes on the river. I mean, we should not expect that. Um, yeah, that's fair. That's fair, because we can have ace-ace, of course, and we can have ace-jack. Yeah. And we can have jack-jack. We have Although nine. we can't have jack-jack if they have queen And we have nine-nine. We do have nine-nine. Um, yeah, you would expect... I would expect in almost every case, when there's the nine-blind stack, especially, like, getting check-raised out the river is, like, almost always just, I have it, motherfucker. Yeah. Right? Wow, that'd be an incredible spot to be in. But I guess... But I think we shouldn't worry about it till we're there. Really, like we can have a plan to fold most of the time. Like we can take our time, look yeah. at them, think about it. Um, we could also bet enough that it's an easy fold instead of like uh, we bet small and like something weird happens. You know, like getting bluffed. Just that he, maybe he thinks like, oh, if we bet small enough, he may feel like he's not getting enough value for his very good but not great hand. I don't know. Um, but if we bet like twenty five million in there, so the guy's like got forty forty six left or so, forty forty eight left. I mean, he's only shoving if he's got it, right? Like, yeah. So we could do that. And so it makes it an easier decision to fold. Yep. All of I don't this think just, we should worry about all that. All of this just to say that, like, it's... This hand is more vulnerable than it looks. Right. That's fair. Against, against the range that's going to continue against us yeah. for multiple streets. Yeah. Like, we would love a run out of, like, deuce five. You know, yes. like, that, that's, like, so safe. We're never losing. Yeah. It's amazing. Right? But, like, any card over a nine is slightly scary. That's true. That's a really good point. And... But we can't play this hand for a small pot either. No. This, this hand is just too strong, and this is an incredible opportunity to take our already significant chip lead and blow everyone out of the water if this guy somehow actually has a jack. Yeah. Or maybe two tens, depending on how it plays out, you know, or, or whatever. Anyway, let's go back to reality. Aldemir okay. bets 3.9 million. Lococo calls with his two tens because that's the only thing you can do. You have to call. Yeah. That's it. Everyone would call here. Yep. 21.5 million in the pot. Okay. Jack, Jack of clubs, nine of clubs, Jack of hearts. Turn is the eight of hearts. Lococo is now open-ended, I mean, but wow. that doesn't do him any good. But how could you know that? Right? And that's one of those good cards for Aldemir because that yes. does not, like, Lococo never has Jack eight. Never. Nope. Maybe he can have eight, eight because the bet was so small in the flop. Maybe. Maybe. He can definitely have queen 10. Which is fine. We would love that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a pretty good spot. Yeah, we would love him to have queen 10. This is a great card for us. Yeah, there's just no getting around it. Lococo checks again. Mm -hmm. I think that's fine and normal. Of we're course. playing for showdown value with the draws added equity. Yeah, we're like, cool, maybe I can hit a seven or a queen and make it easier for myself to call. Sometimes I hit a 10, that makes it easier, and sometimes we'll see what happens. It's, you, it's rarely going to go bet, bet, bet. Now, in this case, maybe not. You know, what's-his-face is a big hand. Aldemir has a big hand, but... So I'm, I'm going to ask your opinion about this sizing that Aldemir chooses, and I'm cool. going to ask if you think he fucked it up a little bit. Great. And I think it's really hard in real time to get this exactly right, and you probably don't know the exact stack your opponent has, and you don't right. want to ask every street, right? Yeah. So you'd have to really have everything in your head perfectly to get it right. But Aldemir bets 11.4 million, which of course he's going to bet. Yeah. But 
the math adds up to like, of course, Lococo calls. We can talk about that a little bit, but of course, that's what he does. There's 44.3 in the pot, and Lococo has 46.1. And Aldemir bet 11.4 into 21.5, and it feels like 14 into 21.5 feels about the same as 11.4. I think it does. And it makes the river shove a lot more palatable. Oh, man, so much easier stacked to pot-wise. Yeah. Where, uh, LaRocco. LaCoco. LaCoco. <laughs> How are you so fucking bad with names? You didn't, you didn't make it big. Usually you make the print bigger. I can't even find you it. You can make the print bigger. <laughs> you're the guy who makes the print bigger sometimes now. Anyway, um, LaCoco, uh, well, yeah, he might he might emotionally find himself committed to the pot. You know, we're like, I've certainly been in this situation in tournaments against good players. Um, actually, in a, there were 17 left in a, an $1,100 tournament, and Dan Ross, who plays on Poker Time, mm. uh, opened... And I had like 20 blinds and just called from the small blind with ace-jack of suited. This is like, you know, seven years ago. I would probably not do that now. But, um, but whatever. And the flop was jack high. And I went check call. And he bet tiny on the turn. So I check called again. Uh, and on the river, he shoved. I remember being like, I'm sort of forced to call, I think. Like, now do I have top, top? But like, yeah, I'm getting like four to one or something. Like, he sized it that way and he had aces and I was out. And I remember like... Thinking like, wow, he like he kind of mathematically just put me in the box there with that tiny bet on the turn. It was kind of cool. This is this would be opposite, not going yeah. tiny, but it's it's setting up this sort of river situation where you're just like, I mean, I just have to call, don't I? Like, look what's happening here, you know. Obviously, you don't really have to do that, but it's it's a point in your favor when it's like cheap. You're getting a great price. That's another reason to call. So it feels like maybe Aldemir should have made it fourteen million. I think so. Yeah, I, I'm actually surprised he bets barely half pot. Yeah, you'd think at this point, you're th- if you're Aldemir, you're thinking like, I mean, he's got a lot of jacks. Some he's got some jacks. He may have a few tens. The overcards are folding anyway. Like the the weak stuff is folding anyway. Right, like, and the clubs more. the clubs are going to react the same to eleven point four and fourteen. Like whether or not they're check raising, folding, or calling, they're probably going to do the same thing against those sizes. I think so. And now because the 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 straight card comes, the straightening card comes with the eight. Uh, there's a bunch of scare cards on the river for our opponent's hand. We want to put more money in now. Yeah. Like, what if a seven comes on the river? Now, it turns out that would probably be great because he would have a straight. But most of the time, he's not going to have a straight there. And even if he has trip jacks, he may find a fold. You know, I don't know. So, like, yeah, this is one of those spots where it feels like Aldemir made a sizing mistake. But unlike the rest of the main event final table participants, he's a guy who we have to say, like, if we asked him about it, he might give us a really good reason yeah. for it. Then we'd be like, oh, okay, Corey, I get it. My like, best guess, though, is like what you said is that he like took a quick look. He's like, he's got like 40 yeah. something million, like 42 million. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll bet about this much. That'll set up for a pot size shove on the river. That's great. If he's got a jack, he's going to have to call. Yeah. Fabulous. And then it's like, oh, actually, it's a little more. I mean, he got, he got pretty close. He got close. But like, I think a guy like Bonomo is going to like get that right pretty much every time. That's not putting down all the mirror, just right. sort of like Bonomo's like super careful with that. It takes forever and is super careful. Adamo comes to mind because of the Adamo yes. Bonomo hand we did maybe two months ago now in the 50K where Adamo ended up pot size bluffing on the river for against mm. Bonomo. And he, he did really weird sizing on the turn. It was like 1.16 yes. into 1.08, and it ended up being exactly a pot size shove on the river. It doesn't seem like a mistake. Right. I yeah. agree. I agree. I think. And I don't know if this is true or not, but it's is it possible that this is like a place where Aldemir maybe is slightly not as good as these other guys? Like we don't normally think of Aldemir as like the top fifteen, a top fifteen player. He's like right. a top fifty player type thing, right. which is obviously awesome, and we'd all love to be that. But maybe that is one of the slight separators. Maybe not. Yeah, who knows? Just wondering. Yeah, wondering it's just a curiosity. Here. I mean, like we're really trying to dig through the 
the graves of all of the hands to try to find a tiny mistake by Corey Alderman yeah. here. I mean, also in fairness, like Alderman may say, how much do you have? And instead of like a bottom, who's going to know exactly how much he has and just says, oh, I've got 41 million. Yeah. And you can make the thing. The guy's like, I have about 40, about 40 million and he doesn't know himself. And yeah. You can't really count it because he's across the right. table. And so maybe it's that too, just a lack of it. You can't get the same kind of information. Right. Right. In the Adamo Bonomo hand, but maybe Adamo said, how much do you have? And Bonomo said 41.3 yeah. million. Yeah, exactly. Because like, like, yeah. for sure, Bonomo yeah. knows how much he has yeah. at all times. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Anyway, Alderman make, makes it 11.4. Lococo, of course, calls with his tens. Has to call. He's open-ended. He's got the pair of tens. It's Aldemir. All right. The pot's 44.3 million. Effective stack is 46.1. It's good enough, right? If there's going to be some... If, if What's-His-Face has an ace-jack... Right, Lococo has Lococo. <laughs> it's big now. I made so it big. For me. He's so upset if Lococo has Ace Jack. He's or even King. If he's it's got just, a Jack, it's, it's just, just so hypocritical. You care so much about your name. <laughs> if people call you Johnny or John, you yeah. get upset, and yeah. you keep calling this guy Lococo. He may not care and though. Lococo. <laughs> he may not care. <laughs> and it's not like this is the only time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Take a look in the mirror, Here, there's a Johnny. Little, it's a little different because people call that to my face, and I'm not saying this to his face. It's unlikely he's ever going to hear this, right? So it's a little bit different, but you're right. I would like to get his name right. I agree. It doesn't Lococo. seem like you care. I care less than I probably should <laughs> yeah. about that. So I'm going to try now. Because I'm the guy who's really on the side of like, who the fuck cares what somebody calls you, yet I get people's names right because there are weird people like you in the world who care. Oh, yeah. Like, I actually also, like, I'm the guy, funny enough, who's always like, how do you pronounce their names? Like, let's go watch the video to make yeah. sure we get the names pronunciation right. And then here I am just... It's not like I'm mispronouncing it. I'm just spelling it wrong. I mean, I'm, like, so far away from... Like, mispronouncing means you have to read let's it. Just, let's just put it this way. Jonathan is a smart person with a lot of blind spots. <laughs> <laughs> let's just put it that way. There's a laziness there. But um, that's part of what, you know, drives the creativity. The laziness drives the creativity? Yeah, absolutely. Does, does that make sense? It doesn't have to. Creativity. Right, of course. Laziness. They're perfect. They, there's connective tissue there. You can say stuff like that, yeah. and it makes it sound like I it know. May means something. I know. I love that. I said that <laughs> on, a, on a big business call yesterday. I used the term connective tissue, yeah. and I was like, yeah, it, sounds like pretty, it sounds pretty good when I like say that. It's like that pseudoscience... Uh, tech world business speak. Yeah. Like you just say 100%. stuff that sounds kind of smart, but it doesn't mean anything different than maybe a one word connector yes. would have meant. No question about it. Yeah. No, it's, it's total. It's like a uh, Malcolm Gladwell filler bullshit. It's a Malcolm Gladwell book in a sentence. Form. Well, you're really, you're really all over that connective tissue thing. And the funny thing is like, even when I said it yesterday, I was like thinking all that about <laughs> it. As soon as I said, it. I was like, but it sounds good. It does sound impressive. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you know, you got to do what you got to do. To make yourself sound smart. I mean, come on. Got to get paid over here. When you, don't, when you don't have the goods, you got to fake the goods. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. I don't have the goods. <laughs> Everyone knows that. <laughs> Rococo does, though. Rococo. Rivers the three of diamonds. It's La Coco. Oh, thank you. Not Rococo. Three of diamonds. Three of diamonds. So, ooh. So not like an ace, king, queen. Hands that could you could fold if, uh, if you're... Lococo really easily. You right? almost didn't say it, right? <laughs> I looked. I stopped and looked because <laughs> I cared. All right, yeah. I decided so, to care. So Lococo does have 46.1 yeah. left, 44.3 in the pot. Yeah. The board reads Jack of Clubs, Nine of Clubs, Jack of Hearts, Eight of Hearts, Three of Diamonds. The Three of Diamonds is completely inconsequential. Lococo checks. Aldemir moves in. I mean, we could talk about that, right? Yeah. Um, it seems like this was the plan all along and that he yeah. might be maybe bungled the sizing slightly on the turn. But okay. But he yeah. moves in and clearly targeting a jack. Yeah. The plan is call me with a jack. Right. It's like, 
You're just gonna. You, I would assume if I was Aldemir, I'm not getting called by tens. If Queens can be there, which at least there's a chance they could yeah. be because of the situation, Queens might call. Yeah, they might not. It's unclear to me. Queens and tens aren't that different, really. Right. But they Queens may feel like they have to call. Maybe. Um, but tens, I think I would assume tens are folding. I think we're really just targeting jacks here, and so going all in makes sense. If we were to bet a significantly smaller, could we be? I guess we can target queens if we, and maybe even tens if we bet like twenty million. Right, but it's really just those two hands besides the jack, which is interesting. There's like nothing else in Lococo's range. It's really hard. To, yeah, I mean, eight's full if we're really lucky. Oh, for yeah, that yeah, we'll get it all that way too. I'm mean, like ace nine suited isn't going to call no matter what we bet. You know, probably might, folds the turn. Might fold preflop. Might fold preflop. So yeah. Yeah, so we should be targeting a jack and going for it, I guess. We're like, if you got king jack, you just have to call, yeah. don't you, bro? This is interesting, actually. The answer is yes. Something I didn't realize about this hand, which I don't think I can think of another example like this, is trips combinatorially outweighs any other hand by a significant margin in Lococo's range. I'm pretty sure. Well, all his jacks should be suited jacks, right? Yes. Yes. Ace jack off? No way. With nine blinds and you get three bet, you're just throwing that away. Out of position? Yeah, probably. You have to throw that away. I okay, think. so then it's two combos of jack 10, two combos of queen jack, two combos of king. So eight combos of jacks. Okay, eight combos of jacks. There's six combos of queens. And six of 10. So, not, so they don't outweigh the pairs, but it's close. Yeah. It's but 10s may not call no matter what we bet. If we bet 20 lane, 10s could fold. I would expect 10s would fold if we bet 20 yeah. lane. So... So then we're really, so it's more like six. And by the way, pocket eights is maybe there too, which we could get called yeah. by as well. Like also, there's not as many queens because those are sometimes four betting. Absolutely. There's not six combos by any means yeah. of queens. So there's a lot of full house slash trips combos in Lococo's range, which makes for a good time to move in with nines full. Well, when you say a lot of full house, the only one is eights, eights full. full. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The good type of full house for Aldemir. Right. So there's, yeah, yeah there's, oh, I see. You mean there's a, a total. Got it. Got it. Yeah. There's like 11 combos yeah. of that stuff. That's pretty good. Versus 12 maximum of other hands. Yeah. You're like, tens had to be here till now are probably going to fall to any bet. Queens may call, but not if I go big. Yeah. But there's only like three combos of queens. So fuck it. Let's go for the 11 combos that are, may have to call a shove. Yeah. Probably have to at least strongly consider calling a shove. Fuck the queens. Who cares? Queens, Makes lots gonna of lose, sense. We're going to lose queens. I love it. I All right. So it. Aldemir moves in. Yep. 12 seconds later, Lococo's tournament ends. What the fuck? He calls. 12 seconds later. Yeah. It's unbelievable. He calls. All right. Okay. Dissect. Okay, so first thought is like, what the fuck? And as you say, this never, ever happens. This is what I was yes. saying never happens. This is Nobody thing. calls off here in the main ever. event. Ever. The, at the final table of the main event, never do they call off here. Um, they check, they think for a while, and they fold. Yeah. It's like 100% of the time. So first of all, I think that's kind of cool that someone finally did call off yeah. here. If you're going to call off with a hand like this, this is a reasonable time to at least consider doing it because of situationally. Now, one thing we don't have going for us is that Aldemir apparently hasn't been abusing the table. That yeah. sort of sucks. But if we can take a step back from that, that pretty important piece, admittedly, to Aldemir is the richest guy at the table. He's got all the chips. There's a nine-blind stack. He's the most experienced guy at the table. He's the guy most likely to try and start abusing us. Yeah. He's the guy who, who can have this play in him. He's got to have this play in him more than anyone else. Like, Three bet with, like, not a great hand, like ace four suited or whatever, and go bet, 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 because how can you call me type thing, right? Yeah, but Aldemir is not 2009 great. He's 2021 great. Yeah. So usually when he... It's a, effectively four bets in the hand, including the three, three bet preflop. Uh, he's going to have something that interacts with the board in some way to continue on the turn. Strong agree. Yeah. Strong agree. Um, 
Also, you know what it looks like? Look, Coco has a lot. A jack. A jack. Like he he called the turn. So like now we have to be specifically targeting tens. And as we said, there's more combos of jacks than there is tens anyway. Yeah. Like and queens, fine, but like there aren't many queens. Like there's too much value there to, to target this. That that it's going to feel forced to call. Right. So, so he can't. So so all that stuff I just said, you mostly have to. I think you have to toss. Right. It has to be a main event situation like McKeehan, where it was like clearly he's bullying the shit out of everybody. And McKeon maybe would have stopped if if somebody was calling down, but nobody was. Yeah. But where so Lococo is like putting McKeon from 2015 into Aldemir's body and assuming he's playing against that player, who he's not. Like I think Aldemir has like at minimum a club draw to continue on the turn. I agree. Um, I can understand a little bit of it though for Lococo, right? Where like I've definitely been where I sit down at a table. I'm sure you've done this too. Maybe you haven't. Like, it's day two of a tournament, World Series or whatever, but a biggish tournament. And you see who your seat draws, and it's somebody you know or someone who's got, like, a really impressive resume, yeah. right? And they've got a lot of chips, or it's like you're moving into, like, the last few tables of a big tournament, right? Some, some version, and it's a guy like that. And I expect them to be bullying, right? Yes. And so you're, like, waiting for it, and you're waiting for it. And, like, they don't have to be bullying because you see it anyway. Right. And, and, like, as soon as, like, they, they're just playing a normal range normally, and you just, like, anytime they rage, like, oh, there they go again. You know, um, I wonder if that's playing. He's like, it's all the mirror. And all the stuff that I just said is like going through his head about like, you know, this is the guy who's going to be doing it. I might be, th- I could see myself thinking all this stuff. Um, so if, if it's ever going to be the case, it's this. That's fair. That's fair. It actually takes me back to, I think it's 2018, the marathon. Mm-hmm. Uh, day one table, one draw. I had Kevin McPhee on my right. Yeah. So I was like, he's going to try to do some shit. And he opened literally every one of my big blinds from the small blind when it was folded, um, which over the course of the day happened six or seven times. I always made a pair, and I always called down in spots that I wouldn't call down in other spots, and I always won. Oh, that's cool. So, like, that's a different situation. But, like, that was me profiling him as being the guy who's going to do that, and he did do that, and it worked out in my favor. I think it's a little different here. I think there's a lot more data than just a triple barrel. I mean... It's Agreed. a significantly different situation. Now, there, there's another piece to this, too, which is there's some pretty significant upside if we call and we win. Yeah. There's huge downside to calling and losing. Yeah, there's there a nine-blind stack, yeah. and we would still have 46 blinds. I know. 46 blinds in a two-hour level structure? It's great. It's fine. Yeah. Like, we're in fourth place. We're right in the middle, but it's, we're not far from second. We can absolutely win this tournament at yeah. this spot by doing that. Now, if we call and we're right, let's just be clear... There's already 44 million in there. Another 92 is about to go in. We're going to basically switch places with Aldemir in terms of chips. Yeah. We're going to have 130 million. Now, the problem is, I don't even know if we're the favorite. We probably right. are the favorite. But Aldemir's like two guys behind us and is still going to have a lot of chips. So it's not as good as maybe it might seem. Right. And it's still seven away, you know, six away. Part of it may come down to also like, what are we, th- where are we monetarily in our life? Right. If we're like, we're this Popeye the Rapper guy. <laughs> Right, that that video game. You yeah, the video yeah, game? Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> and uh, it, let's say he does have money for a second. Let's say he's very successful and has you know twenty million dollars. He's sitting on or something like that. And so the four hundred k jump is not actually meaningful to him, and he's actually trying to win the tournament. That makes it a little bit better. Doesn't make it great because really, all in the end, we're just talking about you know optimal play. Here, yeah, right. Is this um, a chip? Is this even a plus chip EV call? Because that's the problem. He does it's call, not. You know, it, it's like. not. It's it can't be. It can't be a plus chip EV call. So it can't. So be then right. it's not. Then it's not correct. It can't be good. Um, but the mindset of like trying to win the tournament 
is at least a, I think that's a good mindset. But yeah. of course, in this case, it may lead you astray. And we have a serious dearth of that mindset at main event final tables. Exactly. Which so it's a bit refreshing. Um, I think it is. I, I kind of love that. Clearly, he had a plan to call. His thought was like, I'm going to check, and if he shoves, I'm calling. And then he checks, Aldemir shoves, and he takes 12 seconds and throws a chip in. It's like pretty outrageous. I mean, I would have taken a long time, even if I had a plan to call, once it actually happened. But So look, we haven't really talked about one piece of it, which is okay. what Lococo is putting Aldemir on. And sure. so if we're, if we're not putting Aldemir on random bluffs, which I don't think is fair to do. Okay. He's at least got clubs or a 10. And we right. block 10s. Um, which is good if we think he could have queen ten as a hand that beats us, but you know he did three bet preflop. He didn't have to three bet queen ten if he had queen ten, so he could just call. Mm-hmm. So we don't really think he has that much queen ten anyway. Um, we we have a club that's bad. That means we block one of the more likely bluffs that actually gets here. I mean, having the yeah. I mean, we have two tens yeah. which blocks the straight, and we got the club which blocks the flush. Yeah. I mean, I guess the ten of clubs does both, but yeah, still like wow. Yeah, so it's not exactly a good hand to call with for those reasons. It, it blocks the nuts, but eh, not But I great. think what Lococo got in his head is that Aldemir would never go triple barrel with an overpair. Yeah, so, that's right. So therefore, he has to have a jack or nines full, and those are not that many combos based on Aldemir three-betting preflop. Aldemir can also have eights full, but yes, it's yeah. the same problem. Um, maybe Aldemir can have the few combos of queen 10 that are left. I think he probably can. Um, but still... There's not that. There's not a huge amount of value there, right? It's right. a polarizing spot, and I I don't think Aldemir, even with aces, is ever shoving here. No chance. I don't know if he's betting the turn. He might. Ch- he's probably checking the turn and then getting a bet in on the river yeah, one way or the that other. That would right? be my guess. That makes more sense. You control the pot that yeah. way, right? That's it's a value of having position there. You can just check back and make sure one bet goes in. Um, so, so that is so. It's true that he doesn't have overpairs. Yeah, he's polarized as hell. That's good. That's a, that's a point in our favor for calling. Yeah. When we have tens, like we don't have to worry about the the slight the things that are slightly beating us. But Aldemir does have a lot of jacks, probably. Yeah. Like Aldemir can have kind of all the jacks, right? All the reasonable jacks he can have. We block jack ten, but he can have he can have queen jack off mm-hmm. pretty easily. He's the massive chip leader. There's I don't nine blind stack. I don't think he's shoving that. Oh, that's an interesting question. Oh, because he's worried about better jacks. Calling. I think ace right. jack. It's got to be ace jack. Ace jack's the minimum shove. Yeah, king jack might. A, a trip jacks may bet tiny for value on the river. Maybe. Might be smallish, but they're never going to shove. You're right because that's crazy. What are you going to yep. get called by? You're you're totally right. Um, now you're targeting exactly jack ten suited, which is like bananas. Mm, yeah, you're not doing that. Um, so okay, ace jack. Ace jack is certainly in his range. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, he's probably not even shoving king jack. Right. No. So now we're down to nines full, eights full, queen ten, which we block pretty heavily. Yeah. And ace-jack. Yeah. So, you know. I mean, that's a fair amount of combos still. Three, six. Um, let's give them all the queen tens for a second. Yeah. It's not impossible, right? So eight. that's another eight. So yeah. that's 14. And then the ace-jacks, there's two dead jacks. We give them all the rest of them. Yeah. It's another eight. Yeah. To get to 22. 22 combos of value. The bluffs are, well, the question is, is can, if he has ace-four clubs, yeah. right? Those are the kinds of bluffs. It could be a lot of clubs. Yeah, ace queen of clubs, ace king of clubs, maybe ace, ace anything. Maybe any nine, maybe any eight, because he has blockers. Yeah, maybe he doesn't need to play those hands. He doesn't need to bet the turn with those. Yeah, hands. It's, like it's he true. made a pair. It's true, but he could be. Bet- and the thing is, he could be betting the turn to charge the clubs. But if he's doing that, then he could just check back a nine, yeah. right? So it's weird to bet turn and river there because at least they block the snap calls. That's true. They do. Or, in this case, not as much as we would. Some yeah. of the snap calls. Not yeah, all of not them. Yeah, not all of them. Not, not, not pocket tens. Yeah. Like, it, it is refreshing that Lococo did this 
But I think it's probably wrong. You know what I think this is? This is a little bit like when we did the George Holmes hand a few weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. Two two times ago, where I like he figured out that it seems like that he's been betting really big with his bluffs on the river and really small for value on it on the river. And so he's like, like someone told him where he figured out that that's a problem. Yeah. And so he reverses it and then he picks the wrong hand to do it with. And yeah. it feels like that's what happened here to where Lococo is like, I have to be, I have to go for it. I have to be willing to call off. I have to like, what are all these things? And then, but, but picks the wrong spot. Yep. And there's, there are spots. This just isn't one of them. And it can be hard in real time, of course, to figure all this out, but yeah, and with all of the different people in your ear at this point, like mm-hmm. probably pretty hard not to get all up in your own head, especially against the the main villain at the table. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, if Aldemir turns over Ace Four of Clubs here, you know, yeah, it's like wow, like very reasonably, uh, Lococo wins yeah. the whole thing, and it wins you know eight million dollars instead of like one point four million or whatever. Right. Like that's kind of incredible. But instead, he calls and he's out. Yep. And that's, I mean, I know that feeling a little bit. Like from busting the main event, sure, you know, or busting in another big spot, you know, certainly that's happened to us all many times. But like, I don't know this feeling. This no. is not a feeling. I mean, I made bad calls for my life and gotten busted in quote big spots, but not this big, not even close to this big. No, not even close. Well, let's see what the solver says about this. Spot. Oh man, I want to know. All right, Wesley Cannon did the solving on this one, and I gotta say, he did a fantastic job. He, he sure locked the really, hell out of this, really in depth. On this, Wesley. So good job to you. And if you want to see all of what Wesley wrote, as I said earlier in the podcast, check out our Discord. And you can see his entire write-up, which is extensive. Yeah. Let me tell you. I had to sort through it to find this stuff. And it was worth it because it's good stuff. So let's head back to the flop and talk about this stuff. Let's go. All right. So as a total of his combos, Aldemir can bet 80%. So he's, he can see bet a lot. Um, you know that this is all in favor of Lococo holding on, right? Aldemir has lots of combos here so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, his only checks, according to the solver, are ace-x suited, uh, I assume not of clubs, and uh, ace-king and ace-queen without a club. Right. So not, not a ton of checks, and it's pretty clear what they are. Uh, and the solver does not really want Lococo to raise pretty much ever, only raising 4% of his combos. Does not include tens. Does not want to raise tens. Oh, well, yeah. If it's 4%, we assume it's a few bluffs, like queen-ten, yeah. I would think. And... Probably full houses, full houses, and maybe ace jack. Yeah, right, right. That would be it. Um, and not right. always starts to get a little scary for Lococo on the turn when Aldemir keeps betting. Yeah, and the solver kind of agrees with that by saying that Aldemir should mostly check pocket pairs. Mm-hmm. So we're down to the value definitely being scary stuff at this point. No question, no question. Like we can, we're beating at least a little bit of the um, equity denial on the flop, right? Like yeah. pocket sevens, a three bet, and we'll continue on this board. I think on the flop, right? Um, but we'll almost always check the turn. Yeah, yep. Um, but Aldemir really shouldn't be betting much except for trip jacks plus for value at this point. He can bet queens without a heart or a club, but that doesn't really help Lococo too much because you know he has tens. Right. It's losing the queens. <laughs> <laughs> but if he, you know, but from Aldemir's point of view, the reason why he can bet queens, of course, is it blocks queen 10. Yes, right? of course. Yeah. Um, so I guess if you're going to want to bet some things that aren't trip jacks are better, that is the most sensible thing. That makes sense. Good job, Solver. Mm. You didn't bungle that one like you often do, Mr. Pio. <laughs> nice. Um, the bluffs that Aldemir can have, according to Pio, are ace 10 suited, king queen suited, and suited connectors below the board. A lot of these hands are not going to be three bets preflop. Right? Like some of them yeah. are, sure, some of the time. But like, how often was Aldemir really going to three bet? The most likely three bet here being ace 10 suited. 
probably 60% of the time at most, something 60, like that. Yeah, maybe something like that. Yeah. I mean, let's if we can recall and we recorded the first part of this podcast a while ago yeah. now. Um but uh it's, you know, it took a while to get the solver work here. But if I recall, this was a pretty interesting ICM spot because there were other sh- much shorter stacks at the table, like significantly shorter stacks at the table, right? There there were. Yeah. So he's probably going to be and Aldemir as the clear chip leader is going to be three betting more stuff more of the time, especially against some of the bigger stacks. Right. Right, but the the the, the tag on here of unsuited connectors below the board, you don't expect a ton of those to be three betting too often. You no, know? unless he's been losing his mind. If right. he's been losing his mind, fine, give Which, him all. But but like it's hard to think there's that many. I as, agree. As all of us who watched the final table know, he was not losing his mind. Yeah, he was he was pretty in control mm. as the chip leader. He wasn't even McKeehenning it. You know, but, right. So, um, and of course, all uh, Aldemir can bet bet hearts or clubs 100 percent of the time. Yep. Which is certainly in in favor of Lococo calling. And uh, the solver is also in favor of Lukoko calling at this point. He can call any pair or flush draw. I mean, this hand especially turns open-ended. Even yeah. though a straight does not help. Only a 10 gets him out of this. Yeah. But I, we, or a jack. Oh, that's true, actually, a jack. But we, we couldn't... I don't think anyone reasonable could decide to fold on this street after this bet, right? You just have to call. Right. You still, you still have a lot of chips. You're still deep. You don't have... It doesn't force you to do anything on the river. All right, and on to the last river that Lococo played at the World oh, Series of Poker. no, at least the main event. At least the main event. He might have played another event, I guess. It's possible. Yeah. But he might have just been like, ah, that I, I don't feel so good about this. I'm going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you probably feel pretty good about making $1.225 million, but... You never know. I assume after digesting this hand for a little while, he's not, he wasn't super happy, you know, walking the halls of the Rio. Possibly. Yeah. All right, so the juicy part. Uh, Wesley did give Aldemir two choices as far as sizing, uh, to, to do what he did and go all in or to bet 23 million. The solver prefers that he goes all in. Yeah. It makes plenty of sense with this particular hand where you don't block trip jacks. Right. Uh, yeah. You, you were absolutely, once you, when you, once you get called in the turn, as we talked about, uh, earlier in the podcast, like, yeah, trying to get value out of the, out of you're like, might as well go for it. Like it's hard to get called by three streets from anything. Let's see if, it, if he's got a jack, he probably has to call. Yep. Um, unsurprisingly, the solver sees this as an easy fold for Lococo. Yeah. That's too bad. It um, really is. He can call most Jack X, not even all Jack X, but most Jack X. Mm. Um, and the solver, if it's going to bluff catch, prefers 8 9 as a bluff catcher for obvious blocker reasons right. and unblocker reasons. Right. Uh, we want to unblock clubs, and we don't right now, unfortunately, with the 10 of clubs in our hand. Um, so, yeah, it's just not, not a big fan of the old. Coco call, which is not a huge surprise. It's not a surprise. Like when we call the turn, I mean, I know it says he can call any pair or flush draw, but like, is he really calling like all his baby pocket pairs on the turn? I don't think so. Yeah. And Wesley was kind enough to leave us with a little dangler that we're going to read to you here. Yeah. Uh, about a dangler. I, yeah. By ICM. Uh, had Lococo folded the river, his stack would still have been worth about $3,070,000. At the beginning of the hand, it was worth about $3,500,000. Had he called in one, it would have been worth $4.86 million, opposed to $1.225 million, which is what he got for seventh place. Let's just talk about this for a second. Yeah. This is really powerful stuff. So first of all, Lococo loses a third of his stack but only loses like one-seventh of his ICM value. Right, of course, because chips are more valuable as they dwindle. Correct. And of course, not only that, but of course, there's a lot of short stacks, which I think probably plays into it a little bit. You're going to be able to ladder up quicker. Um, Second of all, had he made this incredible call and won, he only picks up 1.3 million in value from from the beginning of this hand anyway, while he loses 2.3. 
three million th- in change in yeah. value by uh, by. By busting, yeah. yeah. I mean, we we know all this, but like to see it laid out like in, in hard numbers is really intense. Yeah, and really, it obviously from a pure perspective, the solver doesn't like the call, but this adds another layer of really shouldn't have done that. This is it. a classic like it's twice as bad to lose than it is to win. Yeah. Chips here, like you have you really do have things to protect, and this is why ultimately we see these guys make all these even good players make a lot of really tight folds in big laddering upper bubble spots, right? Because you have to be right a lot of the time for this to be worthwhile. Yep. Yep. And so something like this, I mean, look, I can understand if you're Lococo and you've like talked yourself into all the mirror is just is he's moving into a new gear and he's going to try and push us all around and especially me and the, the stacks and the this and the that. And so I'm going to not let him push me around. But man. Well, that's that's categorical thinking. And that's what yeah. the solver helps us try to avoid. Right? That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. And while this does block uh, Queen 10, Probably the solver's correct that we'd rather block eights and nines yeah. than queen ten anyway. Right, makes sense. Anyway, that's a tough one for Lococo, but yeah, a joy for us to do as a podcast. Indeed, indeed, always a joy. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic, and I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne and gonna be traveling the globe.